Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck, buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fucksters? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast, WTF. Welcome to it. Uh, today on the show, am I really going to do it? Am I just going to announce the guest right up front, right the way it's supposed to be done, professionally speaking? Fortune Feimster is on the show. You may have seen her in uh, on the Mindy Project. Uh, or on Chelsea Lately or Chelsea's other show. She's also a very popular stand-up. I see her at the store a lot, the comedy store, and I finally asked her the big I popped the big question, will you do the podcast? And uh, we had a nice chat. Doesn't always happen like that, and she just got engaged. So that's fresh on her mind. That's exciting. Some happiness, but... Uh, so that's happening. That Fortune Feimster will be on the show here with me uh, in, in a few minutes. How's it going, folks? Uh, I don't know about you, but I'm having a hard time breathing. Is anybody else having a hard time breathing? Is it uh, I, when these things happen? I don't know if it's is it my mind? Is it anxiety? Is it stress? Is it emphysema? Is it cancer? Is it the end of the world? Why am I having a hard time breathing? And, and this is not a complaint. I'm not complaining. I'm not whining. I'm having a hard time breathing. I wake up and I'm like, am I drowning in my bed? What is happening? Uh, yeah, I don't know what the smog levels are. I don't know what's still on fire, what isn't on fire, but the air has been shit out here in LA. And I, I guess that's not a lot to complain about, given that people are afraid to go outside on the East Coast because they might freeze before they get to their car. They literally may freeze in their footsteps before they get to the car. And I know, look, it's been cold before, but it's very interesting to me in these times where a lot of the, a lot of the time, all we can do is, is just search our minds for a precedent. Is there, is there a precedent for this? Uh, is, did somebody say it? Is it written somewhere? Is this the coldest it's ever been? Is this the hottest it's ever been? Is this the most fiery it's ever been? Is this the the most? And the answer is yes. Yes, it's the most. Even if there was one other time, it's the most. All of it is, is coalescing. It's all happening and none of it is good. So what do you do? What do you do? A lot of times you got to, you know, it seems like we can't wait it out. It seems like there's urgency at hand. But what do you do? How do we change things? Ah, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. See, after I say that, it all makes sense, doesn't it? But oddly, I'm feeling okay. I am about to engage in a 
a fairly big uh a big a big process a big shift maybe i'm having some anxiety about that there is actually no shortage of things i would uh that i could be anxious about see now this is where i i'm a little loopy a little tired a little stressed out a little short of air as i brought up earlier and my brain doesn't seem to be working as much my brain skidded twice on stage last night something about that main room on certain nights at the comedy store there's just something about it i don't know if it's an electrical force or a mystical force or a, uh just a strange um quality to the air in there but I, my brain just got stuck it got hooked it got it got skipped on a couple of words and it fucked up the beats on a couple of my jokes and it's happened in there before it doesn't happen in other places i can't figure it out is this a mystical event that's always the question how far are you going to let your brain drift how far so uh outside of being a you know, anxious all the time. I'm excited about these award shows coming up because I get to wear my new suit. I think I, I'm thrilled and, and humbled and uh, and uh, excited to be nominated for a SAG Award and a Critics' Choice Award for my work on GLOW. Oh, by the way, I'm recording this before I watch the Golden Globes. So I'm not mentioning the Golden Globes. So there's that. So I don't know if Allison won or not. But... I'm excited to wear my new suit, which I'm picking up on Monday. I'll take some pictures and I'll share them with you here, here in the garage. I'll share the pictures with you. Uh, I don't, I'm not really anticipating winning or even, I don't really, I'm not even thinking about that, to be honest with you. I am excited to get dressed up and go to a thing. That's what I'm excited about. Nomination, pretty good. Getting dressed up for a reason that I'm excited about with some new clothes, new shoes. That's exciting. And I'm excited to be living in a new house. I'm excited to uh, to have new space, to have room to move. And the thing that I was going to tell you about that's a little bit traumatic, or I think a little bit anxiety-inducing, is I got to move this garage. I got to move it. I've decided I'm going to uh, sell the cat ranch, sell the, uh, the expansive two-bedroom, one-bathroom cat ranch, and uh, I'm going to begin dismantling the garage and recreating it in the new place uh, probably in the next couple weeks. And I think that's causing me a little bit of uh, I may not know it right at the top of my soul. Or right at the, it's not on the surface of, uh, of my thoughts or my feelings, but it's going to be heavy, man. But part of me is excited. I'm just going to go through this place book for book, piece of artifact for artifact, and decide what has power, what doesn't have power what uh what i i want and what i don't want i wish i could have a garage sale but i don't think i can be a real like the it would be the garage garage sale but i don't know what i would be selling so i'm probably just going to cart all this shit with me but i'll give it to libraries i'll give it to goodwill but um but yeah it's going to be a big change folks but i would like to say that i am moving to another garage it's literally another garage space yeah i think it might be a little bigger it's got a bathroom, but I gotta, I gotta take this one apart. I guess that's a that's going to be a grieving process. That's going to be an emotional journey. But goddamn, I, I I don't need a lot of these books. I'm telling you, I just don't need them. Yeah, so moving the garage. Wow, I you know, oh man, I'm t- it's making me a little. I might get choked up. Maybe I should do a show as I go through stuff. Would that be interesting? I don't know. I, I'll be honest with you. Can I be honest with you? I had a I had a photographer come over here and document uh, 
the garage as it stands now. I don't know what I'm going to do with those pictures, but I thought it was important <laughs> to have it. Maybe I should do some sort of video of the taking down the garage. It seems sad. It seems like a, like a historical day. And I think that's why I'm hanging on to this. Like the, the, the house is, is pretty empty. But uh, yeah. Yeah, I think that part of it is just sort of like, I'm just not ready. I'm not ready. I'm emotionally not ready. Even though the new space is going to be great. Just not emotionally ready. So Fortune Feimster is a, is a, a killer, man. She's a, she's a great comic. She, she, can, she fucking slays, and I've seen it happen again and again. She'll be on the upcoming NBC show Champions, and she'll be at House of Comedy in Phoenix, Arizona, this Friday and Saturday, January 12th and 13th. We talk a bit about uh, you know, generating new material. We're both in the same place. I got the I got a few Europe dates I got to get some new shit together for. But uh, it was great to talk to Fortune and this is uh, me doing just that. Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school or in some cases any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of like literature and now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare something to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Foxed Page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Foxed Page is for you. Get it now wherever you get your podcasts. So what's going on? Congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate it. That's a big deal. You got engaged? Yes. Uh, that Yeah, this like two days ago. You didn't know that was going to happen or did you? Who did it? What happened? How'd it go? I did it. I'm... Sp- Technically, the butch one. Yeah. <laughs> Though I'm not very butch. Um, people were asking online, they're like, how does it work when there's two chicks? Who asks who? Um, but I kind of always knew I would be the one to ask uh-huh. uh, for some reason. How long have you been together? Two and a half years. That's that's good. That's yeah. A, that's the right amount of time for, for, for people to do it. Who, people who aren't waiting. Right. People were like, I'm scared. Yeah, or buying time. Yeah. Maybe something better will come along. <laughs> Which, I, that was my experience with everyone I dated before her. Oh, really? Just constant, like, you'll yeah. do for now. Right. Like, them towards me. <laughs> oh, like, yeah. yeah, they'll be like, I'll date you until I find... They were some, like that? Yeah, they were like that. Oh, uh, what, heartbreak? It lo- yeah, like quite a bit, but, you know. I mean, I never got super serious with anyone. Right. So it was like minor, minor little heartbreak. What's her name? Uh, her name's Jacqueline. And and what does she do? She's a kindergarten teacher. Ah. Uh, so she's like a normal, it's like, it's like she's a normal no, person. It's like a noble profession. Yeah. Like, you know, like a real life important job, not like a weirdo show business job. Oh, I know. And she, when I met her, she lived in Chicago. How'd you, um, how'd you meet her in Chicago? At Gay Pride. 
What were you doing in Pride in Chicago? I have friends that run like uh, events out there for gay pride, and uh-huh. they were just like. And my best friend, who I lived with in LA for seven years, had just, uh, was living there. Oh, okay. And they were like, "Come, hang come out. hang out. Come hang out at Gay Pride," and we met there, and it, kind of been together ever since. It was two and a half weird. years ago. So she was living in Chicago. Yeah. And, so and, we were long distance for a year, and then you were like, "Drop your life, come out." <laughs> well, I mean, she had a very. Uh, noble job even in chicago she taught in basically in the hood of uh-huh. chicago uh-huh. and was an amazing teacher her kids still kindergarten her. still kindergarten yeah i would go to her school and you know she just was so good with these kids they loved her and yeah. these are kids who you know every kid in there had someone in jail or like shot a, a shot they'd seen crazy amount of things yeah. at five years old yeah. and, would come to school like didn't even have a coat, you know, yeah, in yeah. Chicago. Oh my god! And I'm all like, "Come to LA." Yeah, enough, <laughs> yeah. Of, enough of this uh, good work. Yeah, stop, stop being such a good person and yeah. come to LA. <laughs> Relax. Yeah. So, so now. So she's been in LA a year and a half. She like it? She does. I mean, it's she hasn't found that school yet. That's like because she wants to. She, I was like, why don't you? Work at like a charter school where the parents give you gift cards at Christmas, <laughs> and she tried it, and yeah. she's like, "I'm I miss you know my kids." Yeah, so. yeah. You must so, feel like you're making a difference, you know? Yeah, and she she really wants to make a difference, so she's subbing now, looking for you wow. know, that school. That, so, so it, well, she'll find it. She, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So what? How did it? Uh, so how did it go? What was the <laughs> who decide like that? Well, that's a uh, that is an odd question, but like, yeah, who decides who's butch and who isn't? I mean, I guess sometimes it's a parent. I, mean, I guess I take out the trash more. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. I wear t-shirts a lot, right? Um, but, but it's not a disposition thing no, necessarily. Well, because just... if you were going by disposition, she'd be the butch one right. because she's a teacher, so she's got that like sit down, yeah, you right, know, yeah. wash your hands, yeah, yeah. And you're like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> Um, so I get she's l- a little more butch in that way, but I just, uh, I knew she wanted like a, a, a ring like that. Her dad's a jeweler. Uh-huh. So did he, you call him? Did, did he know before I, she did? I, yeah, I did call him. I mean, yeah. she knew like, she, yeah, I wanted her to have some input. So we looked at a couple. Rings oh, so it together. wasn't a surprise. No, it's hard when you live together to like yeah. surprise someone. I guess so. I, yeah. Well, they, or I'm they, just lazy. Or they may not know when it's coming. Yeah. She didn't know the day it was going to happen, right? No, I mean, not really. I mean, I just, but also that's kind of hard too because yeah. you're like, hey, after Christmas, let's go on a yeah. vacation, yeah, random a little, vacation. A weird for trip. Two for- days. <laughs> yeah. So I think she kind of knew it was coming. So we went up to, I, I really wanted to do it at a place called San Ysidro Ranch in uh-huh. Santa Barbara. Um, oh, it's pretty, right? Yeah, we had a date up there early on, and yeah. she's like, "Whoa, this is really romantic. Good thing we like each other." Yeah, or this would be—you'd <laughs> be trying a little too hard. How did that? Uh, how did? What do you mean? How did that work out? You went on one date. I mean, it was an, like an our, overnight date. Like our first week of dating, I was like, I didn't know it was so romantic. Up yeah, there, like it was. Was it a day trip or? Like, it was an overnight trip. I was really <laughs> the first week. You're like, <laughs> yeah, let's was, do it. I was really like yeah. ready to <laughs> make this happen. Um. And uh, it closed down for a month because of all those fires. Oh, yeah. Is so it still on fire up there? No, I don't think so. I don't it's, know. It's weird. We live in a state where it's like, oh, maybe yeah, it's still ev- burning. Everything's burning yeah, around everything's us. Bur- yeah, that's for sure. We're just like doing yeah, a podcast. Yeah, waiting. Yeah, <laughs> That's <laughs> LA, though. It is. It's just like waiting for it all to go down. Yeah. We're like, we've got to entertain. Yeah. I don't know. I, it, it's hard to know what to do. 
you, you know, when you feel powerless, you do have to just sort of just keep going. Yeah. You're yeah. Like, we've got to talk to people out yeah. there. Yeah. Make sure people know that, uh, you know, we're all freaking out, but we're still, yeah. you know, we got to, we, we got to live our lives and, and, uh, and, and keep talking to our, each other. Our house just went down a hill from a mudslide, but whatever. <laughs> but, the garage is still here. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. So when do you have a uh, wedding dates and stuff or how's that? No, we're, we're like not your typical lesbians. They're uh-huh. usually in a rush to get everything right. official and done. We're like maybe two years. Oh, really? Know. Is that what typical lesbians do? I They're mean, just typ- sort of like rings on, let's go. A typical lesbian would have been engaged a year and a half ago and already married. That a would year be in. Typical. <laughs> we're not as typical. Mm-hmm. I, I was just like, we know we're committed. We're happy. We'll yeah. do it at some point down the road. So how how's that rings? Nice ring? I, I'm pretty proud of it. Yeah. I, I, it's a little bigger than I would have like normally gotten, uh-huh. but, um, but that, whose input was that? Her dad? I mean, well, her dad tried to help me out. He, yeah. he was like, yeah. you don't need to get a ring. I mean, a stone that big. Right. And right. She's just like really like it's jewelry. And I saw this. St- the problem was we went to go look at stone. Yeah. And I brought her mom and the mom's friend yeah. with us. Right. So they're showing us different stones and they're like, oh, that's pretty. That's uh-huh. pretty. And then they bring out, you know, the, the big, the, the the big, big one guns. at the end. Yeah, yeah. Everyone in the room, oh my God, whoa, it's so pretty. Look at, oh, wow, wow, wow. Yeah. And you're looking at your wallet. Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of, I was like, oh man, how do you like, backpedal from that one you can't so I ended up, yeah, there were too many people involved too many. I, that was my biggest mistake <laughs> i should have never gotten input no, ever do it on your own so that you know so that's how that's she got how the huge so rock she got the big rock well that's nice and she loved it she loved it and you know part of me getting her the bigger one i knew she'd like it and she did you know uproot her whole life for yeah. me and she you know had a job she loved she Chicago is a great city, and you know, she loves <clears throat> L.A., and, yeah. but it's different. It yeah. takes a while to adjust. Oh, no, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Chicago, like, I've grown to really like Chicago. Oh, it's a cool city. It is, like, its own thing. Yeah. It's got its own vibe. It's like it's, a clean New York. Yeah, it's and it's it, yeah, it's got its own personality. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's good and bad, but it's, like, it's pretty, it's a real, it's, like, one of those places that is a real place. Yeah, Not real just, people. Yeah, yeah, like mm-hmm. it has a history, you feel it, it's got its yeah. own personalities. No, there's only a few cities like that. Yeah, it's good Good food there. Oh, yeah. Really not, because a lot of the Midwest people live there. And sure. They're good. Sausages. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of, there's like, uh, yeah, there's all that Ukrainian kind of food, uh-huh. and there's like, you know, a lot of meat. Chicago's yeah. a big on the meat. Oh, yeah, so but it's good. What, um, so is Mindy Kaling really gonna officiate? <laughs> officiate. I don't, I mean, we don't have any official oh, right, plan. Right, but so she's just she saying. She just that. like, you know, we posted the picture and she wrote, "I uh, yes, I will officiate. Oh, okay. And so I wrote back, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and then uh, I didn't even know that like any publication knew who I was. And all these publications were like, Mindy Kaling's going to officiate. Oh, really? Fiendster's wedding. Well, now they know who you are. Yeah, I'm like, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Maybe that, we'll get a free Chili's gift card. No, I think you could probably pull that off. I, I think you could probably pull that off with a couple of tweets. Yeah, if you, you, if know. you really want to, <laughs> like a Chili's gift card. I'm constantly tweeting them. They finally sent me a sweater at Christmas. It was a big, big moment. Chili's? In my life. Yeah. What are you talking about? I I tweeted them that like I love them, and they <laughs> sent me a Christmas sweater. That's the oh, America man. we live in, people. Chili's. It's a beautiful it's world. It's Chili's for you. Yeah, I'm a simple Southern girl. 
Yeah, what well, 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 do you like Cracker Barrel? And- yeah, I like Cracker Barrel. I mean, they're a little, ra- a little racist. racist. Yeah, that's so right. they're, they're, yeah. I don't feel as good eating. Right, you, food you used there. to, but back in yeah, but now before I was woke. Yeah, before you were woke. <laughs> no, I don't it, really say woke. Uh, it's all right. The um, but but like in the South, like there's other things in Chili's, you know, like. Yeah, I mean, like, like, what, what happened to those mom and pop places? Oh, there, there are not a lot of those left anymore. It's all the chain, chain. Well, places. where'd you grow up? I am from uh, Belmont. It's a small town in North Carolina, outside of Charlotte. Oh, so it's close to the other Carolina, mm-hmm. like right there. Yeah, right on the. South and Carolina and border. like what, like what, what kind of is that? Well, Charlotte's pretty southern. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's not. It's I, Charlotte's great. I mean, I've I've had good shows there, but it's not Raleigh. Yeah, I love Raleigh. I went to uh, college in Raleigh. Yeah, uh, I mean, Charlotte's got the whole banking. A lot of thing. banks. Like there's like a Ritz Carlton. Yeah, there's like, it's like this bank hub. So it's got like a mix of a little more sophistication. Yeah. with Southern. <laughs> Well, at least money with Southern. Yeah, money yeah. with su- Southern money. Right, because there's that whole little world there that's like really high end. Yeah. And it's all because of the banks. Yeah, and I I mean, my town's literally 20 minutes from there. Yeah. And everyone in my town sounds like me, and their accent's thicker. Yeah. Uh, you go 20 minutes to Charlotte, and no one sounds like Is this. it because they're all from out of town? I guess. I think. I yeah, think I mean, so. I don't think you just wash away the accent. Yeah. It must be because, you know, people move there to work at the banks. I'd assume so. I cannot get rid of my accent. You could, Have you tried? <laughs> no. It's a nice accent. I it's mean, good. It's, it's gotten better yeah. since I've, I've been in LA 15 years, but <laughs> I've, I like watch videos from me in high school and it's pretty painful. Like really? I mean, it's like, I, it was kind of like this. It was even slower <laughs> so you grew up your whole life there yeah and uh till i was 22 how many how many siblings two older brothers oh really mm-hmm. and and what's your mom and dad do uh my mom was a school teacher uh-huh. uh special ed uh-huh and for your whole life uh, my whole yeah. life yeah she's retired now um my dad had a lot of different jobs oh yeah uh he yeah he didn't ever really find his passion, so oh, really? he did a lot of different things. I think the longest job he had was he like was a manager at a trucking company. Oh yeah, and then now and then he retired, and then realized it's hard to pay bills being retired. So he went back to work at an elementary school. He's like uh, in charge of the janitorial department. Oh yeah, yeah. Not so the same school that your mom was at. No, no. Oh. So they're like you know hardworking. Simple folk, Southern nice American people. people. Yeah, nice people. Nice people. And how'd your brothers turn out? Good. No yeah. one's in jail. No, <laughs> which we're all very grateful for. <laughs> uh, one is in the uh, works for Homeland Security for the Coast Guard, uh-huh. um, and the other one works at Winthrop University in their like student services department. And they, are they all excited about you being in show business? Yeah, I mean, nothing really impresses them. They have kids and you know wives. They're just like, cool, cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. We gotta get you know, right? Ryland to soccer practice. You're like, yeah, right. all right. But I'm on television. Yeah, like yeah. guys, did you see it? They're like, well, they can't watch it because yeah, it's right. kind of dirty. So <laughs> they haven't seen you on TV. You're like. 
cool. I'm always like, I'm always like, tri- I, I, I get kind of fascinated when people grow up in the South because like I have this uh, weird evolving relationship with the South. But, oh, yeah. 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 Like I stopped generalizing it at some point. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I was one of those people that just sort of, you, you know, kind of lumped it all into like at yeah. least the people. Yeah. But then like as time went on, I realized like, God, these people are nicer than most people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's good and bad and, you know, it gets a bad rap and it's yeah. beautiful down here and I like the food and yeah. maybe I was just all wrong about the South. <laughs> and then something happens where you're like, nope. Sheriff, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a, you know, it's an interesting, it's an interesting place. It's an interesting group of people. I, I love, I love the South being from there. I understand the people a little yeah. bit more. You kind of like, I get not everyone. There's a lot of very, like everywhere. There's a lot of very smart, p- educated sure, people sure. who are very aware in the world and, you know, are inclusive. And there are other people who just never quite left their bubble, which yeah. is any part of the country. You have people like that. Yeah. Um, But they just kind of know what they know and don't want to sure. look beyond that. It's a, it can be quite a hostile bubble down. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was looking at that... Um, you know that video went viral uh, with the whole Roy Moore stuff. There was that Southern man yeah. who stood outside with a picture of his daughter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That she had committed suicide, and he said, you know, he was there to fight Roy Moore because Roy called people like her, his right. daughter, a pervert. And, and she was a uh, she was gay, right? She was gay, yeah. And you know, I just I, it sort of reminded me of my dad, like just a simple guy who you know he's he doesn't want to leave the South. He's content where he is and. If I if I wasn't gay, he would not know gay any right. gay person or think about it. Right. And, you know, might have at one point thought it was weird. Sure. But because I'm gay, he's like, Yeah, I like gay people. <laughs> and it just reminded me of that guy, you know, yeah. like uh where, you know, he's like, I was against her, but then I lost her and I realized, you know, I was wrong and gay people aren't perverts. Right. It's as simple as that sometimes. you Not someone committing suicide, but just knowing a gay person. Sure, some, I, I, I think that's true. Part of it's just not having a gay person around right. and not seeing that their lifestyle is not that different. Sure, or else you know, there's those people that lock into just you know, hating the other exactly. type of person or they're, they're something in themselves. Yeah. You know, Some like fear. Yeah. I, I mean, I can't like, it's sort of, and I don't know if I'm wrong or if it's wrong for me to say, but I, you know, some of the pictures of some of those, uh, you know, sort of white nationalists in, in, in those protests, I'm yeah. like, Oh my God, they're so gay. They're just, they look <laughs> oh, for sure. I mean, they just look so like, yeah. you know, like, and, I mean, and that, maybe that's wrong for me to say, but that was my instinct. That oh, there was, for sure. An inner struggle going on. Yeah, it, I mean, some of the biggest homophobes or people that just hate people in general have, you know, something inside of them that they hate themselves. Yeah. That they're just like, I'm gonna put all, you know, push this out so far onto other people. Yeah, I, that no one can see it in me. Right. I I literally think that all Mike Pence thinks about is like, don't think about dick. Don't think about <laughs> dick. No dick, please. No, don't think about dicks. Oh, you just looked at a dick. Oh God damn it. <laughs> Like, I, it's just like his face. I yeah. I don't know, but it's a, I, it's a face of a guy that wants dick and uh, can't have it. Just can't. Just will yeah. not allow it. No, I, I mean, and and that's you know, it's a real thing. My my mom dated for a minute uh, somebody who I don't know. I don't have a proof, but right. I allegedly think yeah. he could be a closeted homosexual. Uh-huh. And, you know, and he didn't like gay people. And, you know, you're just like, yeah, some, somebody should tell you that there's something about you. Yeah. 
uh, I guess I, I look. I you know I I I've talked to people that you know, that you know, have just you know talked about coming out and struggling with certain things. But so I, I imagine that I don't. To some people, it's just sort of like I can't. I can't. Mm-hmm. Did you? What was your experience? Um, I came out late. I was like 26, 25 or twenty six when I came out, which is yeah, f- I consider late uh, these days because now kids at ten are like, "I'm gay." You're like, "What?" <laughs> Give oh it my a minute. Gosh. <laughs> at ten, I didn't know anything. I was just like, <laughs> yeah. "Soccer." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, in hindsight, you look back, you're like, "Oh, I've been." gay as soon as i was born um right but being from the south and again not having examples of gay people like i didn't know any out gay people my name like uh there were people in my hometown who you know were in the closet but married and and you're like wait i there's some i think you might be gay but you have a wife i don't know (laughs) so i just only knew like being in the closet or being ashamed of it so but you knew you were gay early on i think so but i just kind of shoved it down oh really i didn't didn't really even think about it and this was before youtube and this was before you know will and grace and those things do make a difference when you can watch a tv show and be like oh that that registers with me it exists yeah yeah um so i just kind of didn't date i just was sort of like asexual for a long time wow i was very studious (laughs) made good grades and and soccer and soccer lots of soccer lots of uh like putting lotion on my friends's (laughs) like arms just arms nothing perverted just like you look dry And that was like in my form of intimacy. <laughs> well, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. In a more innocent time back then. Did you grow up with religion? Um, we were Methodist. Like we uh, went to church, but it was like you just—that's what you do in the right. South. But we weren't like raging Baptists. Right. We were just like it's—it's re- it's weird. There are like churches every few blocks. In oh, the South. it's like they're everywhere, and that's just a social part of life. You're like, right. oh, we're gonna go to church on Sunday. And that's and your community. Go out to eat afterwards. Right. And you're like looking at the clock, ready. For, you know, be like, he better let us out before the Presbyterians, <laughs> or we're not gonna get to this. <laughs> Steakhouse before <laughs> to Chili's, <them. laughs> yeah, to Chili's. Um, so I mean, we had that, uh, you know, right. church in in our lives, but I, we weren't, you know. Luckily, my family's pretty liberal, yeah, and I come from a long line of Democrats. Oh yeah, yeah, the, the old school Southern Democrats. Yep. Well, that's nice. Yeah, and so, still, they still are still very. De- my mom's a huge Democrat. That's like good. she's like the only. Woman like it was driving around with an Obama sticker on her car. Oh, right. She got any flack for oh, that? Oh, she got a lot of a lot of mean looks. Uh huh. She lose any friends years. over it? Oh, I'm sure. Uh-huh. She'd be in the they call it the beauty parlor. Uh huh. And uh, people would you know the beauty be parlor. like he's a Muslim and yeah. and she'd be like you shut your mouth he is a good man <laughs> yeah so she was definitely like the lone wolf in that uh, that area. It's intense, man. The South is a little intense. Yeah. But my family was, uh, when I finally did come out, I had moved to LA at that point, and it just, you know, after right. being here for a little while and seeing gay people, yeah. and seeing it's normal, right? It finally happened. Happened. It came out. It came. I was watching a Lifetime movie. I swear to God, <laughs> I'm not a great person to be like. You know how some organizational like tv will make you gay yeah i i'm not a good uh person to, <laughs> to deny that to deny it because <laughs> i watched a lifetime movie <laughs> and it was a young girl was uh 
realized she was gay. She was in high school. Yeah. Like, the truth about Jane, I think, is the movie. Stalker Channing was her mom. Uh-huh. And then obviously this had been bubbling up in me for quite some time. And the young girl realized she was gay and by then and she was brave and her mom was against her, but by the end of the movie, like, sh- you know, she was out. Her mom was proud. Yeah. And for the first time in my life, I was like, oh, my God, I'm gay. Like, I said it out loud. <laughs> to yourself? To myself. It was the first time. I was like, I'm gay. Oh, what? What? <laughs> and I didn't know what to do with it. I was like, I don't have any gay friends. I've never kissed a girl. Like, it was all like, what now? Kinda, yeah. Yeah. It was but were so you weird. excited or like freaked out? Freaked out for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. You're, were you, what were your thoughts? Like, I got to kiss a girl. I was like, girl. I got to kiss a girl. I got to <laughs> see what this is all about. And it's really weird to realize you're gay without having ever even kissed At a 26. Girl. I yeah. can't imagine it. I seem, it seems so naive what in having, hindsight. Did you kiss boys in the past or I anybody? Ca- I had kissed, a, yeah, some yeah. boys. Yeah. And it was just like, yeah, okay. Yeah. I guess this is what all the fuss is about. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I had never kissed a girl, and I th- I think like in maybe elementary school, I had you know grind like dry humped a girl once yeah, right. at a sleepover. That was pretty great. <laughs> that was that was the height of my yeah. of your sexual yeah, uh, yeah. awakening. Yeah. I was like ten. So what happens at twenty six? I can't. Well, this was back when Craigslist was the place to like find activities and meet what year people. are we talking how old are you if you don't uh, mind me asking i'm 37 now okay okay so this was like 2005 and you've been here what a year two i had moved here in 2003 okay so a couple years two two years okay and, and uh yeah i used i would go on craigslist to find like that's how I, when i was trying to meet friends yeah i would go on craigslist and like I joined like a soccer league and a tennis league. I went to African drumming classes. I was just trying, trying to, get to meet engaged. people. What did you? How long had you been doing comedy once you got out here? I had not started yet. Is I that started really? in 2005. You started out here? Yeah, out here. Huh. 2005. I, I came out and started comedy at the same time. <laughs> but was that your intention? Uh, to co- No, I came out here to be a personal assistant to a, an actress. I, um... I, long story short, I had I was the speaker at my college graduation, and in two thousand two. Okay. And uh, our uh, commencement speaker was an actress um, who was from Raleigh, and she spoke. We hit it off, and through a series of events, ended up later down like that summer. She offered me a job as her assistant. Uh huh. In L.A. I had already had plans to move to Spain for a year. <laughs> Very random part of my story. I moved to Spain for a year to just, I was. I grew up very poor, and I was like, I want to see the world, and I don't want being Spain? poor to stop me from that. So I took out a loan, bought a ticket to Spain, <laughs> and moved there for a year to teach English and really? travel around Europe, yeah. So, okay, so we'll, maybe we'll go back and okay. come and come back <laughs> okay. up to you. So. So you go to which college? Uh, Peace College. It was now, a women's college. No kissing? No kissing. It was a totally missed opportunity. What, what were you, you- But it was a conservative uh, women's college. So what? There were, there were convents there that was were- like, conser- There was like one gay chick at my school, and she was like, you know, uh, basically harassed and like left a year later. Oh, really? Yeah. No, uh, I can't. I know it seems like that would have been the jackpot of but, 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 gaydom. Was, but, well, if anything, 
did you feel the feelings? Oh, for sure. Okay. For sure. <laughs> I mean, I was surrounded by women constantly in like pajamas and, you know, underwear. And, I mean, it was like, oh, the temptations were everywhere. But you're just like, no, I like boys. They're so cute. Oh, I just can't wait to get a boyfriend. <laughs> I hope you talked like that to them. <laughs> I was very intense back then about my friends. Yeah. You, yeah. Did you have a lot of friends over there? Yeah. I was yeah. like, that That was my thing because I didn't date. I right. was always the social person. I had a lot of friends, a lot of different groups of people. So what did you study there? I Communication. There wasn't a lot. To uh, there w- there weren't a lot of choices. Was it just was it just a small college? Yeah, small, really small. It's in liberal, Raleigh. Liberal arts. Yeah. Now it's co-ed. Yeah. Um, but back then it was all girls. And you just chose that because of I got a scholarship. Oh, good. I was poor. Soccer scholarship. <laughs> I wish. No academics. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I when I was graduating high school, I I really wasn't sure I was gonna be able to go to college. Not not other than anything. Um. Other than I, I didn't have money. Just a, a, a right, just a financial thing. Yeah. So all right, so you do like four years there. Four years. Study communications. Mm-hmm. And so don't communicate. Yeah, don't you? You don't kiss any girls. No kissing of girls. Uh, and then you just decide Spain. I decided Spain. I had gone to Mexico two summers in a row through my school to study like the Mayan ruins and stuff like that. Oh, that's cool. Um, So that was awesome. And I was like, oh, I really love uh, Spanish. I love just, you know, meeting people yeah. who are different, you know, yeah. being, I was from a small town yeah. in a small college and I was like seeing the world for the first time. Yeah. And I was like, I want to see more, you know, but I wanted to go further. Yeah. And I only picked Spain because they spoke Spanish. I wanted to learn Spanish and it was in Europe. Yeah. And I was like, that would give me the opportunity to see For another a year. part of the world. Mm-hmm. What city did you live in? Sevilla. Oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Was it great? It was awesome. It was awesome. And it was one of the hardest years of my life. It was the year that we went to war. Uh, and it was the year after 9-11. Right. So, you know, every everybody was on high alert. Right. And Spain was one of the only countries to aid us in the war. Right. And so all of the Spanish people were very against it and, uh, like, you know, went to the streets, like, every weekend to protest it. And I look very American. I yeah. sound very American. So people were not very friendly to me. Oh, my God. Uh, so it was a tough year. Like, I went to an English, uh, I went to a school to learn Spanish, and a lot of the European kids there would challenge me on it. Like, I had to read the news, like, every day because they would challenge me constantly about American politics and oh really? So Bush that, were you like that before? Not as much. That really made me, you know, because I didn't want to be like Locked I was like I don't want to be the stupid American that right. comes to Spain and right and bear, you know. So you had to have some opinions. And- I'd have I'd have opinions and read books and be on the you know just the know of that's an interesting politics. an interesting reason to have to. <laughs> You know, get engaged. Yeah. It's just like yeah. I got to defend myself against these yeah. Europeans. I don't want to. I sound stupid. I, yeah. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to not know what I'm talking about. Because you know, I start talking and people just assume I don't know anything. Well, that's the problem with so, the accent. Yeah, yeah. So I, I was able to, you know, have intelligent conversations, and the people that I came across were like, "Oh, Americans aren't so bad." I was well, like, great. "Oh, my own little victories." Yeah. Um. So yeah, I did. I did that for a year, and you know, um. 
learned some Spanish. It's all gone now. Oh, is it? Oh, I mean, it's bad. 14 years ago. I mean, I have it. It comes back when wow, I need it. it. 14 years ago. Um, and, you can uh, understand it probably. Or 15 years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I can understand it. Yeah. And I taught English, and I, I did get to travel all over, all over Europe, but I ran out of money and left like a month earlier than I anticipated. And Yeah. But I came back to the States and moved to LA to work for the- for the actress. You can't say who it is? Yeah. Uh, uh, Emily Proctor was her name. Uh, oh, okay. She's uh, CSI Miami. The oh, okay. Blonde, the blonde on yeah, 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 yeah. so she was from North Carolina. And so she she's the reason I moved out here. Were you her assistant for I was time? her assistant. I was a terrible assistant. I was an awful assistant. <laughs> I like had a couple jobs. One of the main jobs being to look after her cat yeah and i lost her cat like four times oh that's the worst feeling but the cat would like disappear like he would go into a closet and did like it was like he was going to narnia <laughs> i i swear to god we'd both look all over this closet and he wasn't there that's a big closet and then like two hours later just Come out. walk out like oh that was you know i just went into a time warp i'm back <laughs> yeah that was so, true. time traveling yeah so i was i did that maybe a year a little a year and a half maybe but so, i sucked so <laughs> it's i i can't i so i think it's sort of a relentless job well I th- depending on who the person yeah, is obviously I, I mean she you know she was totally nice and um she was busy working. You know, those hour dramas, they work all the time. Right. And did, did she have to sit, sit you down and go like, look, um, <laughs> one of those conversations? Yeah, I was like, this is, you know, let's just go our separate ways. You're like, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. All right. <laughs> yeah. oh, I also was, while I was there, I started writing part-time. I, was a jur- I ended up being a journalist after that for seven years. Um, her neighbor uh, wrote for the LA Daily News and, uh, like she covered events in town yeah. and, and she, you've got a communications degree i know i yeah. mean i had to use that to big degree yeah and she uh she needed help and she because i had met emily through my speech at my college yeah. like, i heard you can write you yeah. want to write for me part-time i was like sure so then that started sort of to take president and then I, and then from there, another. Um, you would just write what kind of stories? Like I would go to events at night and uncover them, like yeah, local events, like uh, celebrity events, premieres, oh, really? and stuff like that. It was cool. Like my first interview was like with Will Smith on the red carpet. Oh, really? It was crazy. Like so you, like one of those people with the mic. <clears throat> yeah, I was one of the people standing on the carpet with the mic, little uh-huh. tape recorder, uh-huh. and. Uh, so that led to another um, part-time journalist job for a syndicated column. This co- a woman, Marilyn Beck, she was kind of the Liz Smith of the West Coast. Right. Uh, they hired me, and so I started doing that, and so that kind of started overtaking my life. So I wasn't doing the assistant doing, stuff, right? Covering as celebrity I events. Yeah. Yeah. But then after the assistant job ended, I but the company I was working part-time for was like, we want you full-time. So then I was a journalist for the next seven Celebrity years. Celebrity journalist. Yeah. Showbiz journalist. Yeah. It's so weird. For how long? Like almost seven years. Did you did you have a, a like a point of view? Like did people know who you were? No. I mean, I, I, the publicists all really liked me. Yeah. Would always be like, well, you know, will you talk to my client? I mean, sure. I mean, I interviewed like Carrie Washington when no one knew who she was uh-huh. and Lindsay Lohan before she had blown up and- 
Gosh, really? Got, what Viola, da- her, the Viola Davis, I interviewed several times. Her post was like, will you please interview? I mean, yeah. like now, like, she's you know, great. She's huge. Yeah. Um. So it was, it, that part was cool to see, like, the trajectory of these so, people. Yeah, career. but so you were in it, though. You were in it on that yeah, side. Yeah, it was weird. Like, that was my, like, waitress job. And then was, I started comedy at the Groundlings at night, 2005. So that's how, oh, that's, so that's how it starts. And this yeah. is all... So you're doing the 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 journalist job, and you're like, I can take the classes. Well, I didn't have friends. I, uh, you know. Wait. I, so what year are we at now? 2005. And was that is what? How old were you then? 25. All right. So it's still a year away from the Lifetime movie. Well, it's, I think it might have happened around that same kind of that same time. So you still couldn't make <laughs> friends. Why? Well, it, it can be a lonely town. It's a lonely town, and I was from the south, where like you meet friends in the gas station right you know here everyone's like don't look at me you know don't talk to me like your neighbors don't even talk so you're just living in an apartment i had one friend and that you know and that which was my roommate i moved in with i met him through the csi miami show he worked on there and he needed a roommate so i moved in him he became my one friend and we were like been still best friends to this day um, but I was just like, I need friends. <laughs> this city's very lonely. And, you know, it was hard. There were times when I wanted to leave, and I was like, I don't know if I can do this. Um, but you were I, playing soccer and stuff? I was though? playing soccer and meeting people like that. But I was like, you know what? I I had done uh, theater in college. Right. And I was like, what? you know, but I never got to do comedy. It was always like weird plays. Yeah. Like, like what? Oh, God, I mean, no one would have ever heard of some of these uh, plays. Or and then a couple Shakespeare things. I was like, I'm not meant to do Shakespeare, though, you know. Um, <laughs> but you did a lot of theater. I did a lot of theater. Uh, I like had a lot of stage, stage fright then, though. Oh, I did, would yeah. like want to throw up. Yeah. Oh, really? I went on stage. Yeah. So you decided to do the Groundlings as a social, as a social thing, and it, I just immediately was like, this is what i've been missing my whole life really yeah i just knew right away i was like i love this more than anything it's so it's wild so how so how what was your story with the growlings did you make it to the the main stage i did uh got through i did sunday up to sunday company for a year and a half Uh and then the six uh the last six months where they vote on me i got hired at chelsea lately and so i you know i don't know uh, I didn't end up making it in the main company. I don't know if because it's because you got the gig I with sucked Chelsea. or yeah. because I got a gig. Um, so you were there a year and a half total? Yeah. Oh uh, Well, at the Groundlings, like seven, six or seven years, but the Sunday company part was a year and a half. So you were just, you you were in the, you were in the classes? Classes and, then... and all, because it takes a, it, it's such a popular school. I don't know what it's like now, but at that point, there were, sometimes you'd have a year in between levels. Oh really? So so in that year you'd take like extra classes. And... Were you were you working out at all? Were you doing sketch shows at UCB yeah. or anything? No, I never did UCB. I don't know why. I I um I started my own sketch comedy and improv group because I was like, how am I going to get better if I'm yeah. not practicing? Right. So we would like throw stupid improv shows in the back of like a bar in Venice. Oh really? Yeah. So it was. So you just, just you just carved your own little path somehow. Yeah, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't, you know, I didn't have an agent and manager for a very long time, and I was just like, I'm just gonna try to get better at this until somebody wants to work with me. So right around this time, then you're 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 doing you're starting out the Groundlings, and mm-hmm. then you have the Lifetime moment. <laughs> yep. So, so, so come, now, which was a very freeing moment of my life. Relief. 
it was a big relief. So it's interesting that comedy and coming out came at the same time because it was almost like I was like a new person. Like I right. was like this newfound. Like and you were excited. Yeah, this like this weight was lifted off me. Oh, so you I feel just, whole. Felt I felt whole. I felt like a sense of peace that I had never felt. Huh. And, and did, so did is that when you started doing the stand up? I started stand up in two thousand seven. Uh, so at the comedy years. store. Yeah. Well, so so this woman Lisa Joffrey came to uh, one of those sketch shows that I was in doing in the back of a bar in, in the back of a bar, and she was like, "You are a stand up. Why are you know you have a very specific point of view? Why are you not doing stand up?" And I was just like, "Cause I it seems scary, and I I don't know how to do it." She's like, "Oh, <laughs> take take my friend's class. Are you from Adam Barnhart? You I know, don't know him? No. Okay, so he." Uh, he does a show on the at the comedy store on Sunday nights. Or used in to the belly night. room. Yeah, in the belly room. So he he had a class. So I took his class, and, and then you get to perform in the you, belly yeah. room. All right. So at the end of it, I yeah. performed in the belly room, and I loved it. Um, but my like, you know, I think I talked about hating strawberries. That's <laughs> that was my routine. Yeah. I was like, clearly, I have some right. work to do. <laughs> not too personal. Yeah, like, you weren't going too deep. No, it was uh. not. Um, but I knew. Being out there, I love I love the feeling. Right. So, for um, he said, if you want to do the music for my show every Sunday night, I'll give you ten minutes. So, as a brand new comic, I got ten minutes. What do you mean, do the music? Like press. Oh, play <laughs> like a DJ. Bring people up, like you know, yeah. do the inter the uh-huh. music when people come up. Press play and stop. I mean, it was very simple, but I got ten minutes every, every Sunday for the entire year of my first year stand up. And in the belly room. Mm-hmm. And that's how it started. Two thousand seven. Two thousand seven. No kidding. And so I would do plenty of shows in between, but having that ten minutes every week was huge for me. Doing mics and stuff. Yeah, I was doing. A, so I did you, a lot of gay shows too because they would, you know. They didn't care as much about like, oh, you don't have any TV credits. It was just like, oh, you're fun. You bring people. Come, right. Come to a show. Where were the gay shows? Like at Akbar. Oh, okay. Uh, Aaron Foley had a show that uh, they do a show there. Um, there was a the M Bar. Remember that? Yeah, they yeah, used to sure. Have a bunch the of M Bar. Yeah, there. yeah. They would have some shows at some of the gay bars. Um, and were you talking about that then? How long did it take you to start talking about? Pretty early on, but I didn't have any dating experiences. Was, you had no experience. <laughs> it was more. Most of my stories are about repression. You know, repressed. Did someone finally come up and go like, "Let's kiss me"? Yeah. Ah, oh, God, it took a minute, but finally it happened, and I was like, "Whoa, this! Is, I made a good choice. Not a choice, but you know what I mean." <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Why did I wait so long? Yeah. What was I thinking? I mean that uh, for sure. If there are any regrets in life, it's that <clears throat> I didn't come out earlier. I can't like I can't imagine what it's like to have your first real kiss at twenty six. I mean that tw- was the that was the weirdest old. part about my life is for a long time I was going through dating as a as you would in high school. Right. I was people were like, really? Why are you like putting up with that at, at like twenty nine? I'd be like, because I. I I didn't do this at 19. Yeah. So I had to make a lot of mistakes later in life. With people? Yeah. Yeah. But you learn. Yeah. And then. But was it fun? Yeah. I had a lot of fun. I mean, I made up for lost time. Yeah. And <laughs> had good times, bad times, fun times. Yeah. I see this guy. It must have been uh, pretty exciting. Yeah. I mean, I wish I could have done it younger. Yeah. It sucked to be like in your early 30s, you know, still making those mistakes. Right. You you just find new ones. Better late than never. Sure. I don't, you know, like I I, I imagine those mistakes are, are, it's, it's, you know. Well, you just kind of like. It's hard. Put up with whatever. 
because you're like yeah i just want love right yeah so i'm gonna take whatever you're willing to give me yeah that, it, that's, well, that's the biggest mistake oh that's bad yeah 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 i don't like i find that there's d- different elements of that where you're just sort of like, oh, it's just gonna be a pain to get out. Yeah, <laughs> I've been. Oh, I've already. You do feel like that. You're like, oh, I've already put this time into it. You know, we've already. It's like I've invested. I've yeah. invested in this. And it's just gonna be messy and yeah. drama. I'm just like, I'll just like go through life half kilter for sure. Yeah, and you're just, you know, I, I, I have a weird thing where like I never want to hurt anybody. So yeah. I would like, even if I knew it wasn't working, I, I didn't want to hurt them. So I would just be like, oh, I'll just And how did those here. end eventually? I mean, eventually they, they would just be like, do so right. much crappy things where right. it's like, yeah. I gotta, I gotta yeah, get yeah. out of this. You, you, I, you know, eventually I had to, you know, jump ship. Oh, good. So you learned those lessons. I learned, but it, you know, it take me, especially in the beginning, it took a very long time. But as each relationship happened, it would happen. The getting to the end would come sooner. I would know sooner. It's just like I never talked to. I've, I don't think I've ever talked to anybody who started learning that stuff at like you know twenty. Right, right, yeah. yeah. I and mean, now you're getting married. Well, you're engaged. I'm engaged, and you know it's nice. She's an an adult. She's yeah. uh And the nice thing about her is, I never had to like convince her to right. to want me or like me right yeah and that i felt like i was doing constantly before her but now also there's a like you know i imagine that now the the confidence around you know you what you do mm-hmm. you know and the gigs and you know, the, doing the stand-up because you're a strong stand-up man oh, you're a killer you. and like i i didn't know where it came from or, or how but i mean your command of the stage is pretty amazing and you, you know you really that. you really do a, a great job at it <laughs> I mean, my stand-up is an interesting thing for me. I know I don't, I should put more into it. I mean, most stand-ups are, you know, at the comedy store, Laugh Factory, five, seven days a week. I did that in the beginning for sure, but I'm at a point right now where I'm just like, I'm having a little bit of a writer's block. Where I'm just like, yeah, I don't know, like I, yeah. I gotta push through this. Right, you gotta go just do the short set. Yeah, so yeah. I'm like, you know, it, it's that time where I have to push through, and that's the hardest. How many? Time. Where like, which hour are you on? Like, I mean, how many did you do? You did, how many specials? I've done two half hours. Mm-hmm. I was gonna do, and I was working up to an hour when Netflix asked me to do the half hour yeah. stand up yeah. series. And I was just like, all right, I'll just go ahead and do this. A really good half hour. Yeah, a really yeah. good half hour. And I'm glad I did. It was a really cool series. And I think, you know, uh, it was a, like, worldwide is a yeah. nice platform. Yeah, there was like kind of like eight or ten of you guys. How yeah, many? it was yeah. like six of us. Yeah. And it got, you know, really good feedback on that. And so now I have the other half of that hour that I'm working on. And then I need, you know, the new half yeah. hour yeah. So I, because I do want to do an hour. Yeah, um, I'm right next. there with you. But, God, I'm like, I, I'm like such an all of you guys though. I mean, you just get up there and just like talk. You just talk and you talk have it a, through. Yeah, you talk it through, and I get, I get a little like hesitant to just get up there and talk. Well, it's not everyone's bag, you know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if you if you're a writer, you're a writer. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? Like I'm a talker. Yeah, <laughs> you know, I have a, to write everything down. Yeah, yeah. I don't like to get up there and. I mean, I do a lot of improv. Right. I talk to, like, when I'm on the road, I talk to the audience a lot. Yeah. But I don't just get up there 
uh, with a story. Right. Like, I don't know where this is going to go. Yeah. Which yeah. I need to, I got to work through that. You know, but yeah. it's stand up's like a, an evolving thing. Oh, yeah. It's like, it can be terrifying. And it's like, I'm like, I'm trying to work out a new bit. And it's like, it's not, it's just not there. And like, yeah. it's just that feeling of being in the main room. Yeah. You know, and you're, and you're, you're doing good. And then you're like, I gotta try, I gotta do the new thing. Yeah. And then you put it out there and it's like, it's not there yet. But like, yeah. at least I've earned enough uh, gravitas to be mm-hmm. like, well, that didn't work. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and people, you know, and people love you and are so familiar with your work that yeah. they just are like, I just like being a part of this journey. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he'll get it. I'm still working my way up to that. And, you know, it's just like, I, I got to push through that fear. Uh, it's it's hard. You know? Yeah. Because like it really, it starts to weigh on you in weird ways, yeah. you know, like, because you know, you're stand up and you know, that's what you do. And, you know, part of you is sort of like, well, maybe I don't have to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you, but you, but you get, don't you get like squirmy if you don't go up? Yeah, I do. I do for sure. I, I like fault the... I'm a stand-up for a long time. I don't know why. Maybe because I started an improv and theater. Yeah. That when I got to stand-up, I felt like a little bit of like, am I, you know, am I just like a phony that's trying to be funny? Am I really a stand-up? Like, I don't. I kind of resisted the stand-up thing. Identifying. Yeah, identifying as a a stand-up. Yeah. And um, you know, and but then I like was touring a lot and i was like i guess i'm a stand-up i'm touring a lot and now i'm just trying to like bill burr will be like what is wrong with you just like you're a stand-up go up there and talk like you're <laughs> funny and i i don't know why you are not like just doing stand-up 24 7 but like he's like why are you doing this acting stuff you're a stand-up he just yelled at you for no reason but like out of love because yeah. he's so supportive of me and has been yeah. from day one and like I thought someone like him would hate someone like me who's oh, just really? like silly and going up there like, yeah. you know, I'm going to tell silly stories. And yeah. He's been so awesome to me and has really pushed for me to push myself. Uh-huh. So, you know, and he's right. Like, I need to get up there and push through that fear and just embrace that I'm a stand-up and, yeah. and share yeah. my life, yeah. you know? And, yeah, because there's a lot of things you're going to, it sounds like a lot of things are still happening. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's life is going life on. Life is going on. There's plenty to talk about. You know, it's just more like my stand ups come it's a lot of stories, but I've not yet really dug into the darker parts of life. You yeah. Know? It's I usually try to keep it pretty positive. Right. And pretty like So there's something compelling you, you're feeling like I got a challenge. I don't myself. know. Just like or, or I've thought about writing it in a like I sold a TV show based on my life a couple of years ago, but I I know that there's a darker comedy version of it that, and maybe that's why the original one didn't go. In your, you know, it's in you. I know it's in me, and so it's like, when is that gonna come like, out? Like what what elements would, in terms of like your experience, would you consider dark? I mean, I guess more of like just childhood and growing up. You know, yeah. like I'm like most comics had, you know stuff in my life that was challenging and my parents divorced at a young age and there was a lot of drama surrounding my family how old were you i was 12 and oh yeah we you know didn't have money the lights would get shut off on a weekly basis and um but we were living in a in a big house and i came from a good family so no you know we were that lower middle class family that kind of slipped through the cracks where everyone After the divorce? Yeah. Everyone thought we were good and like, you know, we couldn't pay our bills. And my mom was a 
teacher trying to take care of three kids. And yeah. There, I think some, you know, depression happened for her after the divorce, which, you know, turns dark. It sure. gets dark. And, oh, yeah. You know, you sort of become the parent all of a sudden. When you're like 12 or 13. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. So, you know, there's that part of my life that I just kind of kept to myself and haven't really ever delved into as far as comedy. Um, and my family would go through hard times, but as a family, we'd always find the humor uh-huh. in it. So I have a tendency to see the funny They'd both in stay darkness in the sa- anyway. Yeah. Did they both stay in the same town? Yeah, they were still in the same town. And did they communicate? Not a lot back then. They're good friends. Both my parents have gone through a a journey. Yeah. You know, they. I think they both, after the divorce, kind of like were like, well, we, uh, we're going to go live our lives now. And you, good luck, kids. Yeah, yeah. kind of. They made a lot of mistakes, and yeah. luckily, I had a grandmother who, you know, was the person who was like, you, you know, what are you doing? Like, come home <laughs> from school. I mean, from your friend's house, and uh-huh. you need to, you know, do your homework. Did and she live in around too? She luckily lived like around the corner. Oh, and, see, that's uh, like that's the, the that's what neighborhoods used to be. That's the beauty of uh, small town. towns. Yeah. yeah. And she looked out for me, you know, my, my parents were really trying to figure out their lives. And How young were they, your uh, parents? Were they like- They were normal oh, age. Yeah. It's not like they had kids young. Right. They just, um, my dad came from a, a bad home, but he didn't have any parental figures. Like uh-huh. he hitchhiked to school and- I mean, you talk about a rough life. My dad had had a really bad go at it. And yeah. so he didn't really learn those parental things. Sure, sure. And then my mom uh, came from an affluent family. So she didn't learn some of those life skills because everything was sort of handed to her. Uh-huh. And you bring, you bring these two yeah. people together. <laughs> the they, one thing they have in common is they, an inability to parent. Exactly. And... uh <laughs> But they loved us, and yeah. you know they taught us the the basic human decencies. And mm-hmm. you know my mom did keep a roof over our head, so I, I never want to like you know poo poo that because right. uh, I had opportunities. I went to school. I had clothes on my back. Um, certainly, a lot of other people had it rougher than I did. Um, but you know you just deal with the 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 fallout of a family falling apart and right. My mom and brother really had butted heads for a long time, so it was a very hostile place to be, and so school became my outlet. And, right. Uh, I just kind of committed myself to like being the good student and the athlete and the right. funny kid, so that it would like hide. Sure. The. the you know, that's how you manage right yeah. yeah that's where you could control the situation yeah and yeah. i use humor to make friends and yeah. um you know you just kind of you know you're not ready at that age to be the grown-up and sure you're just and you... taking on a lot at a oh yeah age. yeah and uh I, but i had go- i had really good teachers that they would like you know i'd come to school after some like world war three fight happened that morning and it was mostly between your brother and your mom? Yeah, just like a lot of chaos there. And my teacher would be like, do you need a second? And I'd be like, okay. And I'd go in a room and like cry for like five minutes and then like wipe my eyes and be like, okay, bye. It was like crazy. It was just like, 
how you deal with it as a kid and uh but like i said my grandmother was like my rock and without her like i i don't know that i would have been as you know focused and sure yeah um, you have to have one person in your life that just loves you unconditionally that's really the most important thing and like she got me through all that she died when i was 18 uh the day after i moved to college um so i I, again just kind of like uh she had like been sick that she had cancer and she had said at the beginning of the summer that she was going to see me off to college. Right. And the doctors were like, there's no way she has like three weeks to live that she has this like major, uh, cancer surrounding her spinal cord and her brain. And, um, it was a skin cancer that went inside as a tumor. Yeah. Uh, and they said it was like excruciating and she never once said, ouch, or uh. anything. She ended up living for three more months and uh, I was said, you know, I was going to college and I knew I wouldn't see her again. And so I went over there, you know, she was unconscious and I said goodbyes. And you don't know, like, if yeah. she's there or not. Right. I said my goodbyes and she died the next morning. So oh, it, geez. it was like crazy. Like, she really did see me to college. <laughs> she wailed out. I was like, good Lord. <laughs> and and like the doctors who studied, because she had a very uh, interesting case, a whole team of doctors studied her and they were like, she should have never lived that long. Like it defies medicine and science. Oh my God. And the, the, what she had was so painful. I can't like, I can't believe that she lived that long. So in my, you know, I'm like, she, she held on for me. Yeah, and yeah. So after that, I kind of just was like, I don't want to, I don't want to like disappoint her. Yeah. You know, right. she did this thing for me and <laughs> I'm going to, you know, go out there and try to not be an asshole. Oh, well, you're doing great. <laughs> But but it is interesting that you know hearing about that you know that your your basic job was to you know keep your shit together Mm -hmm. you know for other people that were out of control at too young an age and that you basically you know you had to stuff down all the stuff Mm -hmm. that your ability to kind of you know maintain without expressing your own emotions that's probably why I was in the closet for so long it's like I have too much shit to deal with to even. But also, but also, you know, if you don't want to deal with something, yeah. you're very good at not dealing with yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so I just eat a cheeseburger. <laughs> oh, God. Go, uh, to, go to the crying room. Yeah. So, you know, but all that stuff, you know, you know, makes you stronger. And I think that's why I have the work ethic I do. No, yeah, I think that's I think that's right. I, I, I think that, you know, there a lot of times the, the stuff we do to, to just, you know, survive emotionally turns out to be if you can if it, you know, if you can isolate the, the parts that are good. Yeah. You know, or, you know there's a, it, they all come with a little bit of bad shit. But, yeah. You know, I mean, you know, what are you gonna do? I wouldn't change anything. Yeah. Now I have such a motivation i'm like i never want to have a house that's chaos i want peace in yeah. my life i want to be able to pay my bills it drives me every day you know and also you have you're you're you know you're emotionally whole mm-hmm. you and, know and I mean? it took a long time yeah, i had but a it's lot great. of therapy yeah you got a uh, lot of therapy yeah i went to therapy you know because i was uh mm. i had those mother issues and yeah 
family issues that were seeping into dating life where again that sort of accepting the morsels of love from right. people oh, right, and i right. worked <laughs> I, you worked through it you know yeah. not saying i have all the answers or i'm fixed yeah are, do you are both your folks alive your mom they still are around? yeah and then you get along with them oh yeah we're all very everyone. that's the crazy thing like now because like <laughs> if you had told me at like yeah, 22 right, right. i'd be like oh my family's like i'm basically an orphan right like We'll never have a, a unit. Yeah. It's all lost. Hope is lost. Um, but my folks both kind of did a weird 180 around, I don't know, 22, 24 uh, years old that I was. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> where they both kind of grew up a little bit. And now, like, I call both of them and, you know, um, I talk to them, to them on a regular basis. Yeah. They're good people. They care about me. They're good parents. And I, and good grandparents? I, yeah, good grandparents. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> right. they, they still like have their moments where you're just like, hey, go go see your grandson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, yeah. That's what, <laughs> right, uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I, I'm i proud that we've gotten to this point. That's and great. there are times in the where I've been like, hey, remember this crazy <laughs> fucking story that happened? And yeah. It's hard for, you know, especially my mom to hear it. She's like, I you know, can't believe that was me i can't believe that happened and you know it's like they were different people almost so of course yeah it's but and i had a lot of resentment for a long time especially towards my mom for some reason and i spain weirdly helped yeah heal that because i for the first time in my life was like i need my mom i miss my mom (laughs) yeah yeah and you're just like chaos is bigger than her chaos yeah i'm like holy crap i cannot (laughs) believe i am saying this because before that i'm like screw you yeah yeah, yeah. i I hate you um and then she actually came with me she drove across country with me to when i moved to la and i remember we were in vegas and we were walking down the hall and i like i said i always had that dynamic where i was like the mom and she was a child <clears throat> and I kind of snapped at her about something like you would a child. Yeah. And some, some woman was like, "Hey, you shouldn't talk to your mom like that." And I was like, "It like you know hit me for the first time." I was like, "Oh, she is my mom. Like I gotta <laughs> stop reprimanding her in this way." So it really like shifted our dynamic. It's just a, a, a passerby. So, like, yeah, it was like uh, she was like uh, it was like this African American security guard woman. I was just like, "Yes, ma'am, you're right." <laughs> I mean. <it> was, <laughs> <laughs> that, you know? that was the moment that was the moment i stopped being a dick and let i just kind of realized you can't hold people to the past constantly but also like when your parents are like emotionally immature and you have that dynamic with them it, it's hard to see them as parents yeah exactly you, you know what i mean they're just sort of like oh god what the fuck yeah you want to be like what you were sh- what yeah. the fuck were you thinking yeah yeah you had no idea yeah but now do- as an adult i'm just like ooh, i don't know if i can be a parent That's right like, that looks hard i know yeah my i my parents have mellowed too to a certain degree and my mom's gotten a lot better in terms mm-hmm. of being attentive and stuff but she was pretty self-involved but like it's still hard like we get along good yeah but it's still sort of like i grew up we grew up together yeah <laughs> you know what i mean you gave birth yeah, yeah yeah and we hung out you know i watched you go through your shit right and, yeah but uh but it's it's okay which yeah. is good i mean you know every relationship is different and sure. some sometimes you evolve out of those chaos yeah. things sometimes they get worse but but when it's your family, they're always going to be there. They'll so always some, be there. Something's got to happen. Yeah, you don't want to be shut out from them. And I and I love I love my family. I I'll tell stories occasionally to like 
uh, you know, like my girlfriend now, or fiance, mm-hmm. um, and she's like, "Holy, you know, holy shit! Like, I can't believe that happened." And I'm just like so far removed from it. I'm like, yeah, whatever. I mean, right, you when, know. from when you were a kid? Yeah. Just like with the fights and my stuff? My sister-in-laws have that thing too where they hear the, all of these crazy stories from my childhood, but they're, and so they want to be like protective of us and they're like very like, right. oh, I don't know how I feel about your mom or dad now. And, and we're just like, no, 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 we're, we're good. I mean, like we're yeah. laughing about right, it now. Right, right, because you shut it, you yeah. kind of compartmentalized so, it. But it's interesting to like tell strange, you know, not strangers, but people. What that was it, just like that. mostly fighting and yelling? Oh, and no, like, yeah, just crazy. Like my, like my mom went through like a crazy spell. Like she probably should have been committed at some point. Oh, really? Um, But I think like her meds got, she was going through a depression. Yeah. And I think like had a chemical imbalance. Yeah. And, they, I think the doctors put on a lot of different things that just messed everything up. So it's just like a lot of crazy shit happened yeah. as a result. What, well, how long of a year? How many years was that? <laughs> like six years. Oh six, wow! Like when I was like twelve till probably after when my grandma right after my grandma died, she mellowed out. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. So it's good that you're. It's good that it leveled off. And that yeah. You're, yeah. I mean, I think she grew up. Think they got her meds. Yeah. Right. I mean, she's not a crazy. She's a very smart uh, a woman. Was it like bipolar or something? I don't know. You I don't know. You know, she never got sought the help to see. Oh. Um, <laughs> so, no... so I don't know. Yeah. But she did get, I mean, she would go to a doctor and got right. some medicine that leveled everything out. Oh, that's um, good. And I mean, we don't have, you know, that's, again, like I, I'll tell her those stories now. She's like, what? You know, yeah. oh. it seems like it's a different person yeah i i mean i'm old enough to have a few of those mm-hmm. we're like oh well, that was a bad time <laughs> yeah <laughs> just like ah, yeah, oh, yeah, that I'm happened sorry yeah. but you kind of probably see it as like that that's a person that doesn't exist like you're looking at it from the outside well yeah you but you know you sort of you, you know it existed but you can't really it's hard to answer for it you know it's yeah. hard to sort of deconstruct it like you know i know why you know, I had certain feelings, reacted certain ways. Yeah. And it is a matter of, of growing up to a certain degree mm-hmm. and, you know, realizing certain things, you know? Yeah. Some people have an easier go of it. If you have one good parent, it seems like, you know, you've got a, yeah. a better hold on things, yeah. you know? And, you know, what? had I not had my grandmother, oh, I, think, yeah. I, I probably, I definitely wouldn't be in LA. I definitely wouldn't be doing this. I, yeah. I could have ended up, you know, jail. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, who knows? It's weird to think that. Yeah. Way. You just have like that one steady, steady. Person oh yeah. Thank God. A huge difference. Yeah. What's your relationship with Chelsea these days? Um, uh, I'm. I mean, we're good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I did her show a lot. This. That's uh, a, that's sort of like oh the new one, but the, the original one. one is really what got you. The original the, was my the following, right? Big, big break, as they say. And you were there a lot. Yeah. On the panel. I was a writer full time. Yeah. To, uh, I started there in 2011. And, you know, before that, I could not break into the, I was doing, you know, the growlings, all that stuff. Yeah. I, like you, tested for SNL yeah. uh, a couple times. And, you tested for SNL? Yeah, twice. Oh, really? Two summers in a row. Uh, uh, 2009, right. 2010. It's brutal, isn't it? Oh, it's so brutal. That was one of the most nerve wracking things. Just you in that studio? Oh, yeah. Me uh, in the studio with them behind the yeah, desk. Yeah. Did um, you go? Did you do Lauren meetings? I never got to the Lauren. Uh, I know you. You did the Lauren meeting. Yeah, I had Lauren meeting. Yeah, I did not get. You to fucked that me far. up for years. I bet. 
I bet. I he I tested for them twice, and then he and Kristen Wiig and a bunch of people came to a Groundling show as well. Mm-hmm. So three times he saw me. Yeah. And it's just, nope. Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know what the the thing was, but I that wasn't happening, and I just wasn't getting a break. And then I I. Uh, sent a writing packet in for Chelsea's show. Yeah. And uh, thank God, like, she hired, they hired me. I had a meeting with her, and I honestly think it, I got the job because of where I was placed in the meeting order. Oh, really? She doesn't like to have meetings. Yeah. And uh, I think I was the first person. <laughs> I'd already met the producers. Yeah. But I would think I was the first meeting, and she just didn't want to be there any longer. <laughs> And thank God she liked me. Yeah. And it's just like, like after ten minutes of talking, she like abruptly stood up and like, in, you know, just was like, "I'm done. Yeah. Thanks for coming." Right. And I called my manager. I was like, "I definitely didn't get that." Like she <laughs> interrupted the meeting, <laughs> stopped it, and told me to get out. And the next day, they said I got the job, and I was like, couldn't believe it. And that changed everything for me because I was broke. I was so broke. I could. I mean, I didn't know how I was going to pay the bills the yeah. next month. And um, started there at the beginning of 2011 and stayed until 2014. She's a good boss, right? I yeah. mean, she seems pretty loyal to people. She's very loyal. I mean, yeah, you know, I, I had a different experience with her than other people. Like, yeah. Um, everybody has their own experience, sure. but like, she's not the easiest person in the world. <laughs> I mean, you know, she's, she, who she is, yeah. you know, like you see her on TV, like she's not, putting on airs yeah. like that's her <laughs> yeah. but she's like always really good to me like from right. day one she just i don't know like saw something in me or took to me and so like uh you know she would give other people shit but never never me like she was always so cool and took me on the road and you know that's where my whole career started doing uh, the stand-up doing professionally stand-up. i mean i before i had only been in stand-up three years when i got that job and uh, suddenly i was like a headliner it was yeah. crazy that's tough it it was tough i mean because i didn't have the material to back it up yet yeah. so i was like having to learn as i was on stage yeah being like these people paid to see me i better figure this out <laughs> um and then i left the show and before it ended the to do a tina fey pilot and i think that was hard uh because you know she really loved me and i think um you know, wanted us to work together for a long time, but she knew I had these aspirations to be an actor. Um, so I ended up leaving her show to to do the acting. Yeah. And, but I stayed on the round table and we uh, stayed friends. And then um, she kind of took a year off. I didn't h- hear from her very much because she was like traveling the world, I think. Yeah, she got a house in Spain or yeah. something. Yeah. And then or she Greece started her somewhere. new show and yeah. started having me come back on doing... Uh, like Sarah Huckabee Sanders, yeah, all those yeah, yeah. crazy characters. <laughs> Ivanka Trump, who obviously yeah. I look nothing like. <laughs> uh, it started because uh, Ann Coulter had backed out at the last minute. Uh, she was supposed to go on Chelsea's show yeah. and backed out. So Chelsea's like, "Will you come put on a blonde wig and read from her book?" <laughs> I was like, "Sure." <laughs> uh, so that's how all the characters started. For oh, that's her. good. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we're yeah, so we're good. I mean, she's uh, 
She's always been good to me. Yeah. So what you got going now, aside from struggling to conquer the fear to get the more stand-up going? Yeah. Uh, now, well, acting has kind of yeah, taken a, lot, a huh? little bit of precedent over things at the yeah. moment. I finished up the... I was a series regular on Mindy, Mindy yeah. for three seasons, and um, I started her... She's pr- producing a new show yeah. called Champions. It's uh, on NBC. Oh, really? It'll, I think, come out... We don't have an air date yet. What is it? Uh, it's... Uh, Anders Holm is the uh, main guy in it. He... Um, and Mindy's character have uh, a kid together, but he just found out about it. And the kid's a young gay kid who yeah. wants to come to New York uh, to be in an art school. And um, Anders' character owns a gym. So it's called Champions. Uh, the, jam- the gym is Champions. And so he has to suddenly, like, she's like, here's our kid. The only way mm-hmm. he can go to the school is if he lives with you. Um, so suddenly he's like this, you know, single uh broish dude who's having to care for this like 15 year old gay kid <laughs> yeah while running this uh boxing gym oh that's interesting so i play one of the his best friend and one of the trainers <laughs> at the gym obviously uh-huh. oh, that's, oh that's great this sounds like a big part you shoot the pilot already yeah we we're like on we're sh- i think on episode like five right now oh you're really in it yeah so it'll I think come out sometime in spring or late spring, early summer. That's um, great. So yeah, we'll see. But you know that whole group is uh, Mindy and her whole team. They're so good to me. So I was happy to keep working with them. Nice. It sounds like everything's good. It's not bad. I and I sold a movie to Steven Spielberg. I'm hoping what will. I don't know. We'll find out what happens with that. He it's, wrote a movie and he sold it to Steven Spielberg. His company, yeah. uh, Amblin. Yeah. Um, What's that about? It's called Bad Cop, Bad Cop. Uh, just about Bad Cop, Bad Cop, Bad Cop, Bad Cop. Yeah. Um, two rookie cops, female cops yeah. who really suck at their job. Uh-huh. Who are kind of like uh, just in charge of errands. Uh-huh. Get um, blackmailed into doing the dirty work for another, like a lieutenant who's like a bad cop. Uh, uh, so it's a comedy though. It's a comedy. Yeah, it's kind of like a comedic training day where like we're oh, going to do all this crazy <laughs> shit. Well, uh, that's, that's great. Yeah, so we'll see that it's in the rewrite stages right now, and I, you know, busy. We'll, we'll find out if that goes. I mean, you know, getting anything made these days is not easy. Well, yeah, but like you know, being employed isn't either. So that's true. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you got a lot going on. Well, it's been good. I'm I'm just happy that. Well, don't give I up the pay stand-up. my bills. Yeah, bills right. I will. I will stay not give. A, I don't want to make Bill upset. Yeah, so you stay on I, it. I'm gonna start writing again. All right, good. It was great talking to you. Thanks for having me, Mark. That was a great talk. And as I said before, the talk Fortune Feimster will be at the House of Comedy in Phoenix, Arizona, this Friday, January 12th. All right. Yeah, he's. I, oh. I'm drowning. I'm going to play. 